Hi guys, Kate here. And Jonah. Do you ever think to yourself, man, I love the stories I hear every week on CNA Newsroom, but sometimes I wish I knew more about what's happening in the church on a daily basis. It's okay if you've thought that. You won't hurt our feelings. Well, Catholic News Agency now offers a daily audio news update made especially for your smart speaker. It's called Catholic News, and it's available right now on Amazon Alexa and Google Home. You can listen every day on your favorite podcast app, too, if that's how you roll. Okay, here's how it works. On Google Home, all you have to do is walk up to your speaker and say, Hey Google, play Catholic News. Here's the latest news. If you have an Alexa, it's pretty much the same. Just say, Alexa, open Catholic News. Welcome back to the latest news from Catholic News Agency. You can also search for Catholic News in the Alexa Skills Store. Enable the skill on your app and then ask Alexa to play your flash briefing. Check out our show notes for more information. And now, enjoy this week's episode of CNA Newsroom. Years ago, Luis Soto was standing on a stage at an Archdiocesan Faith Conference in Denver, Colorado, next to the then Archbishop of Denver, Charles Chaput. And there were thousands of Hispanics at the conference, way more Hispanics than non-Hispanics, by the way. So it was a very large crowd. Archbishop Chaput came to say a few words to the community, and he asked Luis to translate his words into Spanish. He opened by saying, you are new blood for the church, something like that. And I translated that. And everybody clapping and happy because the Archbishop said that. You are new life for the church, he said. And I translated that and people was even more excited because of that. Then he said, you are a blessing for the church. And people stood up and started clapping at the Archbishop. He looked at me. When they stopped, he went back to say, now you have to prove it. And nobody clapped anymore. But that was a very deep statement about what we Hispanics have to do for the future of the Catholic Church. It's okay to say that we are a growing number, that we are becoming a, the majority in many dioceses in the country. It's okay to say that we are very active, but we have to become an actual blessing. And that happens when we start being not an isolated silo within the church, but we are actually being part of the church and bringing our gifts and getting the formation we need and contributing and everything we have within the church, not aside from the church. And I think that that's why integration is a very essential challenge. Latinos will soon make up the majority of Catholics in the United States, but at least a quarter of all U.S. Latinos, both young and old, have left the Catholic Church, either for other religions or in some cases, for no religion at all. They're leaving because they haven't found community in the church, because leaders within the church don't look like they do, because ministry to Latinos is more often treated like an afterthought than a priority within parishes across the country. This week on the podcast, we'll hear more from Luis Soto, a Mexican who moved to the United States to serve the church, about the lack of Latino representation within church leadership and what we can do about it. Then, a new ministry in Chicago is working to empower young Latino Catholics. We'll talk with the ministry's founder and a few of its members. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. 
I was born and raised in um, Obregón, Sonora, which is a small town in the northwest of Mexico in the state of Sonora. Luis is the youngest of nine and was raised in a very Catholic family. Going to Mass daily, living across the street from a, from a Catholic parish, the faith was passed on to me by my parents, especially my mom, I can say. And since my young age, I was involved in different ministries and activities in my parish, Our Lady of Fatima, in Obregón, Sonora, where I grew up. He came to the United States in 2000 to serve in two parishes in the Archdiocese of Denver. Within a few years, he became the head of Hispanic ministry in the Archdiocese. Today, he serves as Assistant Executive Director of Evangelization and Catechesis in the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. I asked Luis, given his experience both as a Latino Catholic and serving Latino Catholics, exactly what that population can bring to the church in the U.S. Luis directed us to a document published by the U.S. bishops in the 80s, which he said still rings true today. In that document, they describe the five blessings Hispanics bring to the Catholic Church of the United States. We are a community that has a very strong sense of the importance of the family. They said that we are a community with a great sense of community, and we gather around communities and that sense of uh, cooperation and help and all of that. Number three, they said we are respectful of life. Number four, they said we have a great sense of fiesta our celebrations, so we are a very festive community of people. And number five, they said we have a great and deep and authentic Marian devotion. But Luis said many times these gifts, these natural blessings that the Latino Catholic community can bring to the church in the U.S. aren't widely appreciated in the U.S. church. I think we can um, be more integrated into the life of the church so we can uh, better be a blessing for the wider church in all of these aspects. He said if Latino Catholics believe in the value and the gift of human life, they need to be more involved in the pro-life activities, movements, and initiatives of the church. If we are a group that defends the value of the family, we have to really be more upfront when it comes to uplifting the value of family and matrimony in today's society and so on. So I think we have to, we can do a better job in not keeping those values and those blessings to ourselves, but really putting them to the service of the wider church. Luis emphasized that it's not only up to Latino Catholics to bring their blessings to the church. The church in the U.S. must also ask for these blessings. There is something Hispanics need to do in order to put them on, on the table, but on the other side, the mainstream Catholic Church, if you want to call it that way, has to be a welcoming environment. It has to open the doors wide to the decision making, to the participation, to the different um, ways that the Catholic can, can serve in the Catholic Church so we can bring those gifts into the wider church. Luis gave the example of one parish he corresponded with in the past. The parish offered masses only in English. One day, a group of Hispanic parishioners approached the pastor. The Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe was approaching, and they asked if they could pray a novena and have a Mass in honor of the feast on December 12th. And he said, I'm okay with you guys praying the novena, but for the celebration of the Mass, I don't speak any Spanish. And they said, well, we spoke to Father Jorge. He's, he's in, a, in the seminary, and he's willing to come and say the Mass for us. The pastor said, oh, 
if that's the case, that's okay. You can have your novena and you can have your Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. And they did. The Mass was a success. About 100 people came. So the parishioners again approached their pastor. They told him about the success of the Mass for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and they asked if the parish could maybe offer a Spanish Mass once a month. And the pastor said, I, I, I'm okay, but you know, all of these lots in the morning are taken. And then they said, you know what, we can have the Mass at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, which is an awful time to have a Mass. Father said, well, 3 p.m., nothing's happening. The thing is that I don't speak any Spanish. And they said, well, Father Jorge from the seminary, he's willing to come and say the Mass for us at 3 p.m. And the pastor said, well, if that's the case, go ahead and do it. And they did. They started offering Mass once a month at 3 p.m. for Spanish-speaking families in the parish. After about a year, the parishioners returned to their pastor. The Masses have had great attendance. Could the parish consider offering a Spanish Mass every week? And he said, well, I don't speak any Spanish. And they said, well, Father Jorge is willing to come and, and he can continue saying the Mass. And he said, well, that's okay. It's okay. So they start having the Mass every week. And then after that, they come back and say, Father, can we have a quinceañera? Father, can we have a baptism? Father, can we have a celebration of marriage? And then the pastor called me and said, Luis, I have a community here that doesn't want to integrate into the church. And, and I'm like, well, this wasn't integrated from the very beginning. That was a group renting the space at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, but it was not the ministry of the parish. The parish never wanted to reach out to them, never wanted to welcome them. All they wanted is to just give them the space at some time where it was not being used for them to come and worship, bringing a priest from someplace else. We can do a better job. We can make sure in the practical level, we can make sure that the bulletins represent both communities. Uh, we can make sure that there is representation in the parish council and the finance council in the different groups and the different ministries. We can make sure that we make the announcements in both languages and we communicate what's going on in both communities, not Spanish only for the Spanish and English for the English. I think at the end, we have to develop and be able to create a sense of unity and being one church with everything we do. And, and that will be creating a welcoming atmosphere for anyone coming from the Hispanic community. Luis is somewhat unusual among Latino Catholics. While still in Mexico, he received theological formation because he was naturally interested in it and believed he had a vocation to serve the church. Today, because of his theological formation, he is in a position of leadership within the church. A position of leadership, he says, is unfortunately out of reach for many Latino Catholics in the U.S., even today, because of a lack of faith formation. When you go around and you see the people in the positions of leadership in the Catholic Church, I'm talking about lay people in different diocesan offices and environments, for the most part, when it comes to Hispanics, they are immigrants like me. And that's great that we are considering immigrant Hispanics to take roles. But I think what we are lacking and what we have to make sure that we promote is the leadership of people that is born in the United States that have the Latino background and the Latino experience. It's the same with vocations. Luis said the U.S. church is very good at bringing in priests from other countries, but we struggle with developing vocations among our own people, our own families. Luis said more Latino representation among church leadership will naturally cultivate more vocations within the Latino population in the U.S. Vocations call for more vocations. Almost anyone that has had a vocation to the priesthood, it is because they saw a priest that invited them, that looked like him or like uh, he could see himself in that priest. 
and that's the way they consider entering the seminary and becoming a priest. There are several formation programs geared specifically toward Latino Catholics in the U.S., but Luis said many run the risk of sacrificing sound Catholic orthodoxy. I, I think that the main challenge is that whenever there is a program for Latinos or targeting Latinos, trying to reach out or to attract Latinos or Hispanic ministry programs and universities and, and all of that, I think they can do a better job in articulating a Catholic faith that is more aligned with the teachings of the Catholic Church, that is orthodox, that is theologically sound. We as a church, and I, when I say we, uh, those in positions of leadership, the priests, the bishops, have to make sure that we create an environment that is welcoming enough for people to say, this is my home, this is my church. I want to make a commitment to my church. I want to serve in my church. I want to participate in my church. I'm here to stay. This is my home. Unfortunately, many times media is telling us kind of the opposite language, saying that we don't want you here and all of that. John Paul II in Novo Milenio Nuente says, church has to be a school and home and communion. So if we are called to be a school of communion, we have to bring us all together and we have to create a sense of unity and belonging and ownership that we can really build a stronger and better church for, for the next generations. After the break, Iscali is a new ministry working to empower young Latinos to become leaders within their communities. We'll talk with Iscali's founder and a few of the young people involved. Stay with us. Hi, my name is Luke Coppin. I'm the Europe Editor for Catholic News Agency, based in England. Catholic News Agency has bureaus across the globe, one on nearly every continent. From my base here in the UK, I oversee our coverage of the Vatican and the Pope. When I'm not editing stories, I enjoy listening to CNA Newsroom, because with its bold and imaginative storytelling, it takes me beyond the headlines and into the lives of extraordinary Catholics in the United States and elsewhere around the world. If you like what you hear on CNA Newsroom, please subscribe to the program on your favourite podcast app. It's available for free on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and many others. To subscribe, simply open your phone's podcast app, search for CNA Newsroom and tap subscribe. And please, when you subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And now, sit back and relax, pour a cup of tea and enjoy the rest of the program. sad sometimes that we you know we go to parishes that serve mostly mostly latinos and pastors don't see the need of opening a young adult ministry for latinos this is vicente del real a catholic from chicago one day vicente was helping to facilitate a young adult gathering at a parish in his area the pastor who is a wonderful guy walks in and tells one of the young adults basically you should think about going to the seminary. The young adult replies to him, Father, do you know my name? And uh, the father got red. And he's like, oh, I don't know your name, but you should join the seminary. And, and the, young, the young person replies, how do you invite me to join the seminary if you don't even know my name? You know, like, what do you know about what is what can be good for me if you don't even know my name? Vicente said this story really illustrates for him a problem in U.S. Catholicism. 
He worries that, as he sees it, there's too much talk out there about truly getting to know and ministering to young people, Latinos in particular, and not enough of actually doing it. I wish that we did less talking in the church about actually working with young people in general and more working with people in general. I think we often talked about how do we engage young people, how do we give them leadership, how do we empower them, but I think we also need to give them agency. We need to give us a space for them to exercise leadership. We need to give them a space for them to bring their own ideas. Vicente was born and raised in Mexico, arriving in the United States at age 15. Although Vicente remained strong in the Catholic faith he received from his parents, the numbers suggest that many of his peers are moving away from a strong practice of the Catholic faith. According to 2014 Pew Research, at least a quarter of U.S. Hispanics have left the Catholic Church, and of those, nearly half are now unaffiliated completely when it comes to religion. Other Pew studies suggest that only 16% of U.S. Hispanics say being Catholic is an essential part of Hispanic identity. It's undeniable that the Catholic Church in the United States, and the United States in general, is becoming more and more Latino. 60% of Catholics under the age of 18 in the country are Latinos. Additional data from Pew suggests that in the not-too-distant future, it'll be possible that a majority of U.S. Catholics will be Hispanic, even though, sadly, the majority of Hispanics will no longer be Catholic. Young Latinos face pretty much the same challenges to their faith that all young people do. The distractions of social media, secular trends from influencers, the media, and Hollywood, and occasionally a language barrier, although it may not be what you might have expected. Over 50% of masses on Sunday in the U.S. are in Spanish. And that's great because my parents can go to a Spanish mass and that's perfect for them. They went to Spanish mass in Mexico, they can come here, right? But to reach young Latinos, particularly those born in the United States, it's not as simple a matter as offering more masses in Spanish. Most of U.S.-born Latinos prefer actually to speak in English. So when they go to Spanish mass, they might not even understand the priest. It presents a quandary. Young Latinos may understand the language better at a typical parish where the masses are all in English, but there's a cultural difference in addition to a language difference. If they go to the English mass, uh, it's too white for them, right? Like they are too white for the Mexican for the Spanish mass, but they are too white for too Mexican for the white mass. So I feel that there is this space in the middle where where they belong, and I feel that the church has not created enough spaces for them to, like, it's a very specific niche, right? Including Latinos in the parish's leadership and decision-making is a good start, he said. So I feel that, uh, first of all, the belonging, the belonging part is huge. Vicente says many Latino children of immigrants growing up in the United States don't have the same rooted Catholic culture or devotions that their parents may have had, and thus it's important to nurture a conviction within young Latinos to live out their faith. Marcos Martinez, who works with Vicente, is one of the many young Latinos who prefers to speak English since it's his native language. He was born in the U.S., but his parents emigrated from Mexico. 
Interestingly though, he says sometimes young Latinos who are first-generation Americans have had the faith passed down to them almost exclusively in Spanish. We're just a, a weird mix as a, ge a generation, right? Like that we speak English fluently and it's sometimes our preferred language. But I also see that actually there's a lot of people in our communities who who only know um, our faith in Spanish, who like don't know the certain certain Catholic prayers in English or, or like the responses, it's a mass in English. Um, and um, so, yeah. Even that, you know, I think sometimes then we, well, what happens I see is that like, because then they'll only go to Spanish mass, or if you see parishes trying to do Latino outreach through a Spanish mass, it still becomes ineffective because I think then, you know, we have a generation of people who like, no one understand English and actually probably learn better in that, but have grown up their whole life only going to mass in Spanish. So I think there's a disconnect. Edgar de la Cerda, who also works with Vicente, was born in Mexico and grew up in the U.S. He said it was very helpful to him to find people his age, young Latinos in a similar stage of life, who were willing and eager to talk about matters of faith. Being a Catholic became more than just an identity, it just became a part of my life going forward. Finding a community, I feel like, is a really important starting point because otherwise, I feel like it's something that's really at risk of getting lost. People do have like their heritage rooted in the Catholic faith, but like, you know, they have a family history that's been in America a little bit longer. A lot of times it, it really does um, get lost, you know? The community aspect is essential for young people to hold on to the faith they've been given, he said. Having like that space where people feel comfortable to... Um, talk about anything, you know, especially things going on in, in their life, you know, to feel welcome, to feel like you're not being judged, to feel accepted, and just kind of acknowledging that um, we're all human beings and none of us are, are perfect. And I feel like um, that's just kind of like the gateway for, for all of it, you know, because at the end of the day, everyone has that desire to, to feel loved in like the best way is to feel that love through other human beings and and I feel that being able to love one another is just following that basic teaching that Jesus gives us you know love one another it can seem like a very basic thing when you know the Catholic faith you know is you know it's very complex but just sharing that love with people and helping them realize that that's just the center of the faith it kind of draws into like that, like hunger that I think people, uh, people really have. Vicente is the founder of a new ministry for Latinos called Iscali. The group organizes retreats, small groups, formation opportunities, mentorships, and scholarships, all to support the faith of young Latinos. The name of the ministry, Iscali, comes from an Aztec word meaning growth, which was actually spoken by Our Lady of Guadalupe to St. Juan Diego. Vicente is particularly excited about Escali's mentorship program, which seeks to support young Latinos as they head off to college, many of whom, like Vicente himself, are first-generation college students. Only 21% of Latinos that register to, to college actually graduate with at least an associate. So we're losing almost 80% of them, right? I feel that we are missing a support system 
since most of these Latinos that are registered into college are first generation, I feel that we are missing a support system for them to uh, to make it through college. Um, and so here in Iscali, we provide a mentorship program where we pour, it's part of our Catholic uh, mission and our part of our ministry to provide mentors that can accompany those young Latinos that are first generation students through their years of college, just as a net, as a support system for them to to have somebody to look up to, right? Because like, I went to college and I couldn't go to my parents with questions about scholarships, with questions about career, because my dad went to second grade and my mom went to third grade. So we we don't have that. So first generation students have, have uh, which is the majority of Latino students are uh, right now, uh, have that challenge. Vicente says he wants to see more investment in young Latinos in the U.S., parishes putting their money where their mouths are, and actually trusting their young Latino members with leadership roles and resources. We need to both not only empower them, but also give them agency to exercise leadership because we need young leaders in the church. Marcos said trusting young people with leadership positions will help them become leaders not only in a church context, but in life in general. It's real transferable skills that I think are going to benefit these young people in the long run. And I think we've seen as some of them have moved on to other um, professional opportunities. We put the power in their hands and give them leadership roles to be able to to go and, and honestly to go and make mistakes sometimes and to learn from them, right? To be the ones who are leading our communities and the ones who are organizing our retreats and to learn to learn that way, like hands-on learning and being able to gain some of those skills and not even realize it when it comes to public speaking, community organizing, event planning. Vicente says he wants people to recognize the gifts that Latinos bring to the table one of which is their strong devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. With so many Latino Catholics already out there in the U.S. and many more to come, welcoming them and tapping into their gifts is something that all Catholics, not just those in leadership, need to be aware of and need to be a part of. If we want to properly serve Latinos, no one else is going to do it better than them themselves. We need to give them a space for them to bring their own ideas. A lot of these ideas that, that young people have are, you know, very innovative about how to present the gospel to a very specific context. I feel that we need young people to help us navigate this new era. I think that's a lot more authentic and it resonates with people rather than trying to, to preach at people sometimes where we're kind of holding up a mirror to ourselves and, and like being open and vulnerable in front of our peers and inviting them to do the same. And it's really profound experience when you see um, young people, and especially from, from my perspective, seeing seeing young men go up and, and kind of share their faith, share some of their struggles was really powerful for me then to say like, hey, this guy, this guy's story isn't too different from mine. I can relate to this and I kind of want to, to follow this same path. Edgar says he wants to see the church in general listen to young people, because if young people don't feel like their ideas or concerns are being listened to, they're more likely to distance themselves. And I feel that a lot of times that's just it, that young people don't necessarily feel like 
to listen to by the church because most of the people in, in leadership are a lot older than they are. So naturally, there's a big generational gap. And I personally really feel that like young people have a lot to learn from older generations. But at the same time, I feel that we have a lot to offer as well. One of the greatest gifts that Latinos bring to the church, as Luis mentioned earlier, is the gift of culture. The food, the music, um, the language itself. So I think that we have so much to offer for, as like who we are, and we shouldn't try to kind of like tamper that down. There is so much energy and creativity that comes that I still am always surprised by from the young people that I, I have been able to encounter through through this ministry and, and have been able have had the pleasure of working with. And I think sometimes in society we can be dubious of people without experience or um you know thinking young people of being naive. And I think that there's just so much um, missed op- so many missed opportunities when it comes to, you know, the fear of like making a mistake, right? Or trying, taking a risk, trying something different, trying something unconventional. And I think that's, that's something that we've been able to really embrace is uh, our lack of experience and also kind of just like a fresh perspective. Like, hey, I don't know if this will work, but if, some, if nothing else is working, why not give it a try? It just starts with inviting our own friends, inviting them to community, inviting them to mass, and giving them just that direct experience of encountering what what the faith really is. And it just essentially becomes a chain reaction. All of us, you and I, and everybody that is listening, we can be part of the renewal of the church. We can be part of welcoming, acknowledging, celebrating young people in the church, celebrating young Latinos in the church by acknowledging their presence, celebrating their presence, embracing their presence, knowing their names. The Latino community is the fastest growing group in this country and is one of the youngest groups in this country. And I think it's, it's a beautiful gift for the church to have this, this group uh, being part of it. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A special thanks this week to Luis, Vicente, Marcos, and Edgar. Be sure to subscribe to CNA Newsroom on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about our show. See you next week. Adios.